I think we've all seen TV shows or movies that will have an opening scene and it's kind of hard to figure out what, what it's about and then the next words on the screen will say 10 years earlier and it'll take you back 10 years and then bring you up to the present that will explain the scene that the show opened with. Uh, Breaking Bad does this a lot. Better Call Saul does it a lot. Um, yeah, most of the shows we like do it a lot, and I won't get into the shows because I've already shown my hand on what we watch. Um, this scripture passage is like that, and this sermon is going to be like that. The opening scene is God tells Jeremiah, go to the gate and say these words. Say these words to people as they come in to the temple. Say these words to people as they come in to church. And imagine what you would think if these words were said to you as you entered the church today. Thus says the Lord, amend your ways and your doings. Let me dwell with you in this place. And do not trust the deceptive words this is the house of God, this is the house of God, this is the house of God. Wouldn't you say to yourself, why is this person saying this? What's going on? What's the background? The opening scene is Jeremiah's at the gate saying, amend your ways and your doings. Make this a place where God can dwell. And do not trust these deceptive words. Then it shows on the screen, 70 years earlier. And we get the explanation for why Jeremiah is saying what he's saying. 70 years earlier, the king was Manasseh. Manasseh is known for two things. First, he ruled for 55 years. That's longer than any other king ruled. And second, he was the most corrupt king in Judah history. He was the worst king they ever had. Manasseh got the people very far off the track. He got them off the track of worshiping God of knowing what was right and wrong, of knowing who God was, what God was about, how they related to God, what God wanted of them, what it was to be moral. All of that was basically forgotten. And in 55 years, the people can forget a lot and you can get really off track. Who remembered how it was supposed to be after 55 years? Under Manasseh, um, Murder was a common way of solving problems. Lying was a common way. Um, the gap between rich and poor widened. Ruling was about manipulation and, and getting the king's way and doing what the king wanted. They reached real depths in their worship. Uh, Manasseh brought idols into the temple and this is more than statuary that was brought in. To bring idols in the temple meant that 
you worship the idols and what the idols stood for. In the prophet's mind, worshiping an idol meant you were being unjust to the least of these. It really hit rock bottom when Manasseh introduced child sacrifice into the culture and into the temple and had his own son burnt as an offering, as a sacrifice to a false god. It was as if Manasseh took the garden of Israel, the flowers, and covered it all over with blacktop so you couldn't remember, didn't know what went on before. There was just this kind of parking lot over the country. Manasseh died. And eventually his grandson, Josiah, became king. And Josiah is considered only second to David as the great king of Judah. And Josiah, you don't know how these happened, but Josiah introduced worship reform and religious reform to the country. It was as if a flower had broken through a crack in the, in the blacktop. And there was some beauty and there was some life coming to the country. Josiah led this worship reform. He saw it as the way to reform the people in that what you worship shows what you value and what is shaping you. One of the first things he did in this worship reform was renovate the temple. And as the workers were renovating the temple, let's say it's like they were renovating the dome, as we did. And they discovered in the dust and in the clutter this document that ended up being the book of Deuteronomy. They had rediscovered the law. And this book of Deuteronomy, the scroll, was brought to Josiah, and it was a bombshell because the people who had forgotten what made them great realized that this is God's word. This is what God yearns for the people. This is what is right and wrong. This is what morality is. This is what God's love is about. And this is the history with God. And one of the things Josiah did was reinstitute Passover. They had not celebrated Passover for years. And they recalled that they were once slaves in Egypt. And that they were called to treat the least of these well. It would be like renovating the Capitol building and discovering the Constitution. Ah, this is what we're about. It was earth-shaking. So they repaired the temple and they reinstituted some of the rituals and some of the language. And they came back to the Reformed Temple. And they came back to worship. And, and Josiah took out the statues and got rid of them. 
and they came back to worship and they're wearing their God is the Lord t-shirts and they're showing up in their cars with their bumper stickers and they're chanting psalms and there's Jeremiah at the gate we've done all the background and now we're where the story begins and there's Jeremiah at the gate saying this is the word of the Lord amend your ways and your doings let me dwell with you in this place and do not trust the deceptive words this is the Lord's house this is the Lord's house this is the Lord's house what Jeremiah is saying is the back the reform has not gone far enough God wants more God wants more than the rituals God wants more than the gestures God wants more than the words it's like saying God is the Lord God is the Lord God is the Lord just repeating that doesn't make me holy any more than my standing in a barn and mooing makes me a cow God wants more and God says let me dwell with you in this place In a way, this is sad. I mean, you know, they, it, it's God's temple. And God says, let me live here. Let me live here. Amend your ways so I can live here. Amend what you're doing so I can live here. Quit talking about me and love me so I can live here. It's like having a guest but not creating space or time or changing what I'm doing to accommodate that guest and God is saying make what you call my house make it my home a place where I would want to live how does one do that make it so God wants to dwell with us make it so God wants to dwell here Jeremiah goes on to say you know what God wants it's in Deuteronomy care for the fatherless love the widow and look after the immigrant Jeremiah is standing at the gate of the temple saying make this reform more than more than superficial make it more than skin deep go deep and change your lives change your priorities make sacrifices so that God can dwell in this house and the orphan and the widow and the immigrant can feel at home they discover that that scroll of Deuteronomy but what they really discover is God and they discover their neighbor and they discover themselves and who they are 
I feel like our country the last couple of months has been on a discovery journey, that we are discovering who we are, that we are discovering documents that have gotten dusty and been forgotten, that we are discovering the Emancipation Proclamation and Juneteenth and Jim Crow and civil rights and that we're protesting and we're saying the words and we're making the gestures and we're wearing the t-shirts and we're taking down the statues and Jeremiah stands at the gate and says it's not enough it's not enough let me dwell with you amend your ways make changes in priority and sacrifices go more than the surface go skin deep with issues of imprisonment and education and housing and zoning and employment amend your ways and your doings. Just don't say nice words about God, but commit to God. In a way, it's the kind of the difference between being going through a wedding and being married. A wedding starts a marriage, but it's not the same thing. Weddings are important. It's important that we know where we stand and we get our words right and we know where to sit and get it all proper. But you know, I can say, I'm married, I'm married, I'm married, I'm married. And that doesn't make me married. And I can say, I love you, I love you, I love you. But it doesn't mean much to Susan until I really commit. A wedding may start a marriage, but it's not a marriage. Because a marriage is the sacrifice and the changing of priorities and, and putting the other first and listening to the other and changing one's ways and doings. What Jeremiah is standing at the door of the church saying is having a wedding with God is good, but what God wants is a marriage. You know, and a marriage is about discovery. It is about discovering the other. And it's about discovering ourselves and growing and making our lives a place where we can dwell in this place with each other. I began this sermon by saying it's like a, it's like a movie where we get the scene and then we get what happened 70 years earlier to bring us up to date. But how does the movie end? We write the script, don't we? 
we write the script about creating the world that God wants and creating the relationship with God that God wants and creating the relationship with our society that God wants. May it be so. Amen.